It's part three in programme two, the concluding programme from the Bear Peninsula. And for this week, I'm in the town of Castletown Bear. Well, this piece is geared especially for our more mature listeners who may remember dancing days at the local hall, which also doubled as a cinema twice per week. In fact, my late dad was the projectionist at this cinema. Historian and Shanaki Teddy Black now looks back at the days of the Bearer Band, the fashionable Brian Island shirt and the cascading hanky. Wearing these accoutrements transformed you instantly into the proverbial dog's dinner. One of the stories I relate is talking about places like this and growing up in a small town that, you know, I was the only car child in a rural family or, or in an urban family because my father was from Dublin. Anyway, you know, I started my career with the BBC because that was the Bearhaven Bakery Company and the <laughs> other man was John Shannon and John was lovely character. He used to sing beautifully. He had a slight stammer when he was speaking but he could sing beautifully once he started yeah. singing. Was fine. He used to play the drums. He so played the drums. Yeah. So the story goes very quickly like this, John, that the Thursday night was the dance night, every Thursday night. And there was nothing as nice as to see all the young lads cycling in with the girlfriends from around the Bear Peninsula. Parked their bikes above near the barrack, believing they were safe. Because you know yourself, the Tonys were waiting inside and there was a gang of us across the road watching it. So we'd be half down the road until they'd catch up with us. And I learned at a very young age the difference, John, between a good hobnail boot made by the shoemaker or a soft town shoe. Because I had stripes across my backside most Thursday nights. <laughs> Until we got a bit bigger and we wanted to go to the dance. And a man told me one time, he said, there was nothing nicer than being at the dance if you'd been refused by a girl. You'd be looking at the little fan lights around the side of the hall and you see the little no jeans looking in. We'd all run down to see who was, who was doing what and where. Finally got old enough, the suit, the shirt, cascading hanky, and we arrived in at the hall. It was a bit of a nightmare, really, because John had come on and he said tonight it's Miss Nano Nano and her electric piano and I'll be on the snares and I will be doing the vocal now he had a big microphone with BBC up in the front of it we all thought that he'd come from the BBC when we were young yeah. but we discovered actually that he'd cut he had cut BBC off the Bearhaven Bakery Company tin because he was a baker and he put it up on the microphone the old type microphone and he went John would start charging light brigade and the reason he called it that was if you didn't get over and get your girl quick you were over because the girls were on one side the boys were on the other and they'd charge across the hall and get their girls one guy John I always noticed he never got a girl it was terrible and what was wrong with the guy he was a lovely fella but he'd start on the top of the hall no, 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 no and next thing he'd be out the door no. no, came back in again he'd go all the way up again he was like we called him the typewriter because he was back and forth along the bar it never worked for him but eventually you know the lady's choice would be called and that would sort the boys from the men my father had one saying if a girl wasn't good enough seriously to walk down the main street and bring her to the dance there was something wrong with you because there was a time as you know fellas say I'll meet you inside or I'll meet you outside John we grew up cascading hanky one thing that one woman said to me alright was that the Brian Island shirt was a bit of a terror yeah because she said there was no soakage in it and when your man had taken it off sometimes it would nearly stand up by itself <laughs> so I suppose in a way we waited if you had a fang in Ua and a pioneer pin you were blessed because they knew we weren't going to drink and the other good thing about that John was they all knew at that point that you know you may have the couple of fucker just in case the girl was speaking ask Wilke. so lovely memories of that John the Bearhaven Hall we had the Bearhaven Hall dance we had the cinema there courthouse we had bazaars there and every year we used to have plays and I'm glad to see with the young people again out today they're starting that whole thing off again now
Most of the bigger towns in Cork have their own heritage map at this stage. These maps are easy to follow guides along the streets of each town. They signify the exact location of the historical places of interest and give background information to each place. They're an important asset to any town promoting tourism. A meeting between Mary Sleeman of Cork County Council and members of the Bear Historical Society set the wheels in motion for a heritage map for Castletown Bear. Kathleen Toomey is a retired teacher and a member of the Historical Society. Kathleen now believes that this map will have a huge input in promoting the historical aspect of their town. Yes, John, we really hope there will be. The maps that have been done already in other towns, Clannacilted and Manway and so on and so on, really are very colourful. They're beautifully presented. There's a lovely artwork. We might think that it would be something for tourists to pick up and see the interesting buildings in the town and what's the history of the town and so on. But I think as we were going along, we were saying we all, even the, the group of us that got together, all learned, so even though we have all been born and reared in the town, we all learned something that we didn't know that somebody else could contribute. And then we were thinking, well, if we can learn this, you know, um, so many other people out there don't know exactly everything that's, that is of interest in the town. And then young people, of course, coming up, you know, a lot of those very knowledgeable men like Jordy Harrington, Pat Sullivan of Dietrich, who knew a tremendous amount about the town, have passed on. And it's up to us now to try to put it together and maybe uh, have something of interest for the next generation. So there's more than a tourist interest in it, really, because the other maps are lovely. So hopefully ours will be as well, with lots of interesting features in the town in it. Most people here in the town can tell you where the Talon Road is, but how many people can tell you the background to this road, or how it came to be named? This really is where heritage maps come into play. At the western end of Castletown Bear, a plaque or an engraving marks the start of this road. It states simply, Talon Road, 1898. Fogno Donovan fills me in on its history. There was a famine here in parts of the Beira Peninsula still long after the Great Famine of 1845 to 47. In the late 1890s, there was uh, great distress. And um, in the 1880s, this Mansion House Relief Fund was set up by the then Lord Mayor of Dublin, a man called Edward Dwyer Gray, for uh, famine relief around the country. Most of the funds were collected from the Irish in America and Australia and Canada and Britain as well. This was one of the relief works built this road around the what was the known as Greenways Lane connecting up to a road going down to Trallahan Strand. In 1898 the then Lord Mayor of Dublin Daniel Tallon visited Castledown Bear to view some of the distress works that were carried on. He was accompanied by his then secretary a man called James Kennedy who was a native of Castledown Bear. Tim Harrington. Tim would have been Lord Mayor after Daniel Tallon he probably had a say in this. So he got a great welcome in Bear, Daniel Tallon and they named the road after him in his honour. Just like fishing, Castletown Bear and the Bear Peninsula depends a lot on tourism. The services, attractions and things to do while on holidays are increasing here by the week almost. So what are bed numbers like for this year and for the future? And to what extent was the town and the peninsula affected by COVID? To find out, I'm joined by Sandra Sheehan from the Cottage Heights Bed and Breakfast in Castletown Bear. Just a short walk along the seafront to town. 
COVID had a very negative uh, impact on tourism in Beira. It closed down businesses overnight and it, it was very sad to see all, you know, uh, bed and breakfast, hotels, restaurants and pubs closed um, for such a long time. And on a personal level, how were you affected at the Cottage Hides B&B? Well, the Cottage Heights B&B, um, firstly, in, in March 20, they, we were effectively closed overnight and we had to cancel out all our bookings for the year ahead. So we, we didn't know what was going on from week to week. Um, and then thankfully we got reopened in June with, with very little notice. And then it was a case of, you know, working with the market to, to try and get a few months out of the season, which was a much shorter season. But uh, luckily the, the Irish did support and were, were good for travelling, but we had no um, very little foreign um, visitors in, in 20 or R21 in fact yeah. So last year was more or less coming around again I presume. Now right now we're in the midst of the tourist year of 2023. How has it been so far? Uh, well it's definitely better this year I suppose. This year uh, 23 is the first proper proper season um, and will be the first proper running season since covid especially now that all international markets um, have reopened. So we're seeing a lot of visitors coming this year that couldn't previously visit even even last year because there were still restrictions in some countries. How difficult is it because after being closed for so long, you really have to build up your business again? Is that correct? Yeah, you'd be start you'd be starting again really because obviously you got we went you know uh, off the the map I suppose essentially for for the bones of two two years so it, it's quite important to keep an online presence and to remarket ourselves really with what we've been doing in the in the in the last twelve months to kind of attract all aspects of the market again. Nice to hear you say that Irish people have supported you again. From which country, apart from that, is your best customer at present? Britain, America, or Europe overall? Well, Europe overall is is very good uh, supporter. We see a lot of uh, the French and German and Italian um, and, and English, but um, the big market that's definitely returned this year are, are the Americans. We're seeing a lot of Americans this year, which we wouldn't have seen in the last few years because they, they had trouble in, in, in travelling even when things started reopening in the last few years. Talk to me a little bit about Castletown Bear because the town has come a long way in leaps and bounds over the past 10 years right now. I mean, you're just a short walk to town along by the sea at uh, the Cottage B&B. The footpaths are almost bigger than the roads at the moment. So I know yeah. that the traditional way for walking or learning to drive in Castletown was across the bridge and around Danish Island. But now you have footpaths everywhere. So people are walking and it's an ideal place for walking. Yes, it's a perfect place for walking. And um, a lot of our visitors that are uh, visiting Cottage would be traveling for um, exploring the Wild Atlantic Way. Um, but we also get a lot of walkers that would be, you know, walking the Ring of Beira. So all our visitors would walk in and out to town in the evening, you know, so I suppose the footpaths are an advantage in that way. The services in Beira then have increased as well. I mean, you have now you have so many new restaurants which have opened. Of course, you have the Ring of Beira. Many people say it's as nice, if not nicer, than the Ring of Kerry. You have takeaways, you have a taxi service, you have two ferry services to Bear Island. So the, there's a lot to do and a lot happening in the town. Yeah, exactly. And um, so th- there's th- plenty of things like the Ring of Bear is beautiful. Uh, as you say, um, it's lovely to drive it and a lot of people walk it as well. Um, and as you say, lots of lots of new services with restaurants and takeaways. Um, and then we've had a, a few new um, trips that have started in the last few years as well with 
Jersey boat trips doing the, the bull the bull rock experience and the harbour tours and we have another company the bear boat tours who do fishing trips and then as well uh, great news that happened last week uh, after the cable car being closed for maintenance the cable car to Jersey Island that reopened last Friday Right and of course you have you have a golf club as well and you have the yep. I'm always struggling how you pronounce this is it the Drogan Oh uh, Dojan Bearer Dojan Bearer yeah <laughs> a, a sort of retreat centre Yes yeah that's very popular as well, yeah. Yeah. So overall, Sandra, things looking bright for the remainder of the year? Yes, hopefully. So hopefully it's been good so far. So hopefully the, the rest of the summer season will be good, yeah. The new state-of-the-art lifeboat station in the town was officially opened just over 10 years ago in May of 2013. Prior to its opening, I decided to go on a training exercise with the crew. On the evening in question, it was dark, it was raining heavily, and the wind was blowing gale force 10. It was the worst, but also the best evening for a training exercise. The coxswain that evening was Brian O'Driscoll, who has since been promoted to Area Lifesaving Manager. Let's look back on a portion of that evening. When we hit the narrow stretch of water at the mouth of the harbour, Gale Force 10 is flexing its muscles. All I can see is a wall of water. You wouldn't dream of leaving your seat. The crew look as if they're just out for a Sunday drive on a bumpy road. After what seems like an eternity, half of which I'm sure I was upside down, Cox and Brian O'Driscoll decides to change direction and head east towards the Roan Corrig Lighthouse. If this was a real call-out, there would be no turning back. Brian reflects on the type of conditions we've just been through. The, the forecast is giving um, gales or strong gales ever tonight, so we just out as far as the harbour's moat and there's a big swell up there at the moment. But um, yeah, surely you have to train in these conditions to, you know, for the crews to, to get used to the conditions. That's what, it, that's what it's all about. Uh, well, certainly you have to train in camp conditions as well because there's there's a, a variety of different uh, uh, call-outs you'll come to, different situations. But um, yeah, it's good to have uh, have trained in, in some bad weather as well as some fine weather, you know. Yeah. I noticed when we were rocking and rolling out there that uh, the seats are quite comfortable when you're, uh, when you're coming down from uh, a height. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, John. Yeah. It's good to have them in a bit of comfort. Yeah. No, these these are a state of the art boat. Uh, they're very comfortable in uh, nearly any sea conditions. Uh, the uh, lifeboats launch in all weathers. This this boat is classed as an all weather lifeboat. Um, in the history of the Arnold, I don't think a, a lifeboat ever refused to go out, no matter what the weather. So um, it's good to go out on bad days and prove that they're they're doing the job that they're supposed to do. A lot of people now who wouldn't be familiar with you know the sea would be wondering how you find your way in the darkness. But that would be would it be GPS? It would be a mixture. It's mainly by radar, John, and uh, also a mixture of GPS and laser platter, uh, platter yeah. Um, but um, we would rely more so on the radar um, as the GPS could. Uh, there could be um, there could be an error in the GPS at any time, and uh, so you, you would rely more on the radar because the, the radar is showing you exactly what's there as such. Yeah. So and and 80% of the time it's by eyeball because all of this equipment at the end of the day is only a need to navigation. And that's it for this week. If you like what you heard, come back for more on where the road takes me Sunday evening next at seven on C103. In the meantime, from everybody in Bera and from myself, John Green, thank you for joining us and have a good and a safe week.